everybody, and welcome to the 57th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is sponsored by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can find them at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. You've done that two episodes in a row. I know. Your, your I don't know if they're exact, but I think I'm getting the point across, <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, and as promised, here we are recording another episode a day after our last episode. We recorded episode 56 about Marvel Zombies yesterday. Yeah. And we have been gaming up a storm around here <laughs> all since that point. And we thought we were comfortable enough to do another review because the game we're going to review later on in this episode, we played four times in the last... Something like that, yeah. Four or five times in the last... Uh, 24 hours <laughs> so yeah that uh is cool so here we are for episode 57 and just like we did with last episode we're going to start this one off with new to the collection where we're going to talk about two new games each we have because we still have a huge pile of stuff that we need to talk Get about out there and um and play and one of the games we talked about yesterday is a game that we're reviewing today. <laughs> um but Go let's figure. start off with uh <laughs> you started yesterday so yes, i'll start off this episode with one of the new ones for me to the collection this one is a game i've wanted forever yes and we got it uh we got it in one of the sales we got it yeah it was on the um boxing day sale at meeples the boxing day sale okay yeah. uh from meeples and it is a social deduction game, a game that I've wanted forever, and this one is Secret Hitler. Uh, this one came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes from designers Mike Buxletier, Tommy Marangas, and Max Temkin, um, and published by Goat Wolf and Cabbage, <laughs> apparently. Is that It's right? a fun name. That's what it says here. Goat, I guess so. Um, so yeah, you've probably heard of Secret Hitler if you haven't played it. It's a, an enormously popular, um, social, social deduction game. And this was a Kickstarter. And at the time it was an enormous Kickstarter. I think it made over a million dollars back in 2016 as a social deduction game. And, uh, yeah, this one is very, um, on point with the name where it's, well, here, I'll tell you what it's about here. (laughs) So Secret Hitler is a dramatic game of political intrigue and betrayal set in 1930s Germany. Each, as you could guess, yeah. <laughs> each player is randomly and secretly assigned to be a liberal or a fascist, and one player is secret Hitler. The fascists coordinate to sow uh, distrust and install their cold-blooded leader. The liberals must find and stop the secret Hitler before it's too late. The liberal team always has a majority. At the beginning of the game, players close their eyes and the fascists reveal themselves to one another, a la werewolf. Werewolf, yeah. Um, Secret Hitler keeps his eyes closed. That's interesting, right? Yeah. So that that character, whoever you are, as like the secret head, awful Hitler, doesn't know who to trust at the table. Yeah. You know that there's a group of fascist people sympathizers with you that are trying to get you into power but you're not sure exactly who they are and you can't really trust them right yeah um yeah so it says uh he keeps his eyes closed but puts his thumb up so the fascists can see who he is yeah so we all like all the 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 bad fascists would know who he is and who we're trying to get into power and we don't know who we are 
and but he wouldn't know who we are and then everyone else at the table doesn't know who anyone is and is totally highly suspected of you know of everybody yeah sounds really crazy each round players elect a president and a chancellor who will work together to enact a law from a random deck if the government passes a fascist law players must try to figure out if they were betrayed or simply unlucky secret hitler also features government powers they come into play as fascism advances. The fascists will use those powers to create chaos unless liberals can pull the nation back from the brink of war. The objective of the liberal team is to pass five liberal policies or assassinate the secret Hitler. The objective of the fascist team is to pass six fascist policies or elect secret Hitler chancellor after three fascist policies have been passed. So how fun yeah. does that sound? Right? That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, like I know it's, it's one we've you've wanted a lot, and I yes. I have too, but I know you've been wanting. This plays this. up to ten players. This That's a lot of players. Yeah, it's oh these types of games are always fun when you when you have lots of people. Yeah, and it says yeah. just from the BGG page, it says um the, for the community because it says five to ten, right? And then it says community says it's best from six to ten, like six or ten players. Yeah, um, and it's right best at either eight or ten. So you kind of want even, it seems even like number it wants sounds to be like even, yeah. and the higher the better. Cool. So I would love to try this with eight or ten people. Yes. And yeah, I've been looking forward to this game forever. It's quite expensive uh, yeah. for what it is. And it's and it hasn't been available for a while. And exactly, yeah. and not available. So we were able to get a copy and on sale, which yeah. was... Which Double was bonus. <laughs> yeah. So that's Secret Hitler. Really looking forward to it. What else? What do you got over there? I have... Oricalcum. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got this one for Christmas. Right. And this is designed by Bruno Catala and Johannes Guppy and art by, I, I think so, mm. G O U P Y. Yeah, I guess. So. I, Guppy, I don't know. <laughs> art by Paul Maffeon um, and published by Pandasaurus. Very good. Cool. Yeah, so this game, it's a, apparently it's a tense and fast paced strategy game similar to a short 4X. That's kind of all. Right, yeah. It's right. almost like an oxymoron, a short 4X. Like well, they don't happen very often, but yeah. there are some that are anticipated. Yes. Uh, one coming uh, this year, but. Um, yeah, each... one of our <laughs> most anticipated games of the year is a quick 4X yes. game. If you want to go check out our most anticipated uh, games of the year episode, which I think was like episode 55. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so each player has their own island board to explore and develop. On your turn, you choose a set of, you know, an exploration tile and an action. And then you can construct buildings. And uh, to win, you need to uh, build temples. You need to forge this Orichalcum, uh tokens mm-hmm. or win the favors of Titans by creating areas of their favorite landscapes. So this is the first to five victory points while clearing their island of all monsters wins the game. Right. So it sounds like there's going to be... Um, uh, it's not just ancient Greece. It's going to be ancient Greece with, with like the the gods and the monsters and things like that. So mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I I didn't know a ton about it. Um, yeah, I so heard that, a lot. Of yeah, you, about it. you. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You you thought that was, I would like it, and I probably will. Yeah, I'm excited so. to play it. Cool. Okay, I got one more I want to talk about here. And this one was a big old Kickstarter um, that we did not kickstart. I got this off uh, a friend of ours, Aaron, from up the street from Boards Alive. Um, If uh, you've probably heard of that podcast. Yep. (laughs) Um, He got a copy 
and I uh, yeah I took it off his hands. And this game is um, Trudvang Legends. This one comes from a whole array of designers, including Eric M. Lang, uh, and published by Simon. And uh, I think there was a bunch of controversy or something with uh, Eric Lang with this one, where he was involved in the original um, concept of the game and making the game or whatever, and then something happened and they, they took his name off the box, because mm. I think that was like one of the selling features was his name on the box. Something weird went down there. I forget what it was. But uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and this one is a big old um, dudes on a map, uh, big adventure style game, dungeon crawly type type thing going on. Um, big, uh, it's got minis and and whatnot. Yeah. Very, uh, very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, War fantasy, <laughs> super super fantasy, Lord of the Ringsy uh, sort of thing going on okay. here. Or kind of what it does really remind me of is like uh, Skyrim. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll read a little bit about it here just to give you an idea. It says, Steeped in epic Nordic and Celtic myths and sagas, Treadvang Legends places players in the roles of legendary heroes who make their mark on a dynamic, ever-changing fantasy world. The game, based on the Swedish RPG, there you go, Treadvang Chronicles, thrusts players into a cycle of epic sagas in which their achievements change not only the world itself, but the very rules which, by which gods, peoples, and nature in- interact. <laughs> they will quest through the interwoven series of adventure books, and the results of their choices will echo through history, changing the relationships between sovereign nations, usurping kings, creating new waygates, or even locking and unlocking parts of the map. So this one, yeah, there's a lot more to, to read there, but... Um, yeah, this was Aaron, I believe liked this game, but th- these aren't his type of game and yeah. he only has so much, uh, room in his collection to keep things cause yeah. he gets a ton of things in. Yeah. Um, so he was able to let this one go to me for a pretty good price. <laughs> um, cause this is an expensive game. Yeah. It's like 150 bucks or something, I think, uh, just for the core box. Um, and yeah, so I'm happy to take that from him and ho- happy to keep it here and <laughs> get, <laughs> get it to played. it at some point mm-hmm. along with a whole bunch of other things, yes. but it looks a lot of fun. I saw pictures of him and Brendan playing it at school. Nice. Like, cause they work at a school and they were doing it on lunch breaks and it looks really cool from everything I've seen. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have it. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got one more game here. Um, this one I've had my eye on for a long time. I just, every time I, I, I saw it, I loved the co- cover and I thought it looked interesting. And um, that is Living Forest. Mm. And this one is designed by um, Aski Christensen, art by Apolline Etienne, and published by Pegasus Spiel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, in this one, four spirits of nature have been called to rescue the sacred tree attacked by the devastating flames of Onibi. I believe it's Onibi. Um, it's, look, I think Onibi is like a fire sprite or a fire spirit. Okay. Um, and so to win, you need to collect uh, either 12 sacred flowers uh, that allows you to awaken the great guardian of the forest, or you can plant 12 protective trees, or you can extinguish 12 fires to permanently repel Onibi. Okay. So it's just, yeah, it looks like a nice, uh, Yeah. it's very pretty. It is. And I know you were, you've looked at this a hundred times. I have. You just wanted to, you liked the artwork and, and uh, 
yeah that just drew you in so yeah here it is yeah. and it it definitely definitely has that same vibe of uh patoku yeah on it and yeah. uh even where you're talking about the spirits and sprites and things like that it even has like a similar it has a very similar look and theme yes i'm very but i, I believe this will be quite a bit different um and it has 2022 what does it say kennerspiel the kennerspiel finalist yeah winner i believe it's the winner oh goodness yeah so this is um i believe i don't i i mean it's in german so i'm, yeah, I'm let, a, me, let me see there kennerspiel it doesn't say 22. yeah no it yeah, it might have been the winner. It might it's, have been. So, for any of you who speak German, it says Kritiker Preis. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you I nailed it. So I don't know if it's like runner-up or if that's winner. Winner or, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But there's there's another one on here from from Cairns. So I don't know, but... Um, but either way, it's 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 in the eye of a lot of awards. So, yeah, um, yeah it looks good. Kritiker Preis. Uh, definitely interesting. And, and everything Pegasus Spiel has been doing lately... I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, sounds really cool to me. Is also the designer again? Is also published by Ludonaut. I, right, I missed Ludonaut, that one. Yeah. Aski Christensen. Hmm. But, Don't recognize that one, but um, yeah, looks really good. Yeah, I am. It's got all these credentials there. It, sh- it should be. I'm uh, excited. It's one I've just yeah. Every time I I looked at it. I, I know. Like, every ah. time we went into the shop, they're like, oh, there's this one and i was like oh yeah get it if you want and then you put it back like 10 times well and and it was on pre-order too and i looked at it and i walked and i scrolled (laughs) by it and i would read up on it like every single time i'm like god that just looks like something i would like to play (laughs) so hopefully hopefully we'll get to that soon yeah living forest yeah and so speaking of pre-orders i thought you were gonna say speaking of living forests no (laughs) no speaking of pre-orders we're going to do our next segment all about some pre-orders that we uh are intrigued with from our friends at meeple.ca's website that just showed up so we're gonna head on over to our pre-order segment right now Alrighty then here we are at the second segment of our episode and usually we talk about a crowdfunding uh, project that we are particularly jazzed about and we didn't have anything that was catching our eyes but we did have a few games pop up on meeples.ca's pre-order page mm-hmm. so we're gonna yeah we're gonna do a pre-order segment here um of uh yeah a couple of games that we uh, are are catching our eyes on on the latest list of games they have available for pre-order um so do you want to talk about yours first sure um the game that i've been looking at here is earth it's called mm-hmm. Earth, designed by Maxime Tardif and published by Inside Up Games. Um, Inside Up. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, I I mean, right away, it just, the cover just captures your eye. And I think... It's gorgeous. It's very gorgeous. And it's just it a picture. Like, I believe it's a photo. Like, I want to say it's a it, photo. Or like a put together or photo. Like a computer generated, yeah, like photorealistic. But, but it's Earth. Like yes. it's not... It's not a painting. It's not whatever. It's like earth. And it's it's just pretty. Mm-hmm. It's got nature. It's got a waterfall. It's got grass. It's got a mountain. It's got, you know, blue sky with a sunrise and pink clouds. And This is from Fantasy Flight? Yeah. I know. Oh, it my just, goodness. It's not what you'd expect. Um, huh. But yeah. Um, so this one, and it, I don't totally know 
what it's about because the description doesn't really delve. Fantasy. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> well, you never know. It is a card game. And so Fantasy Flight does a lot of card games. It says, it says bo- it, like on the boxes, inside up. But, then but it has here... six because it has plus six more. So it's got, let's see. Oh, does it? Yeah. Um, not still not on there though. Yeah, I don't. This doesn't scratch well, me as a. Maybe they're flight. a little bit confused. I think there might be a little error there. So let's. Either way, it's published by Inside Up Games for sure. Um, and yeah, it looks gorgeous. So uh, go ahead there. Plays so one to five players. Yeah, and it's an open world engine builder for one to five players with simple rules, but tons of strategic possibilities. So I think it's more just um, looking at making synergies. Um, between different elements mm-hmm. of the earth and trying to, you know, expand and grow nature and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Where it says it's earth is an open world yeah. engine builder for one to five. So you can play the solo and it seems like it's just kind of like, a. so if you're playing against each other, it's just kind of, you're, I think you're doing your own thing here yeah. and you're just kind of building your own engine and producing however you, however this works um and kind of gaining points like by the end of x amount of rounds maybe whoever is the highest amount kind of wins sort of thing because it seems very like self-contained where it says like um i was reading about where you can just something like you're using plants you're using fauna and and uh flora flora and uh you're composting plants that you don't use and you're like so you're constantly Mm -hmm. using your cards in various ways to yeah, I don't know how this is gonna work. Yeah, but. and it, like it doesn't have very much, and but it did say that it um it was a Kickstarter, so I might go and take a peek oh, at a Kickstarter. the Kickstarter, and then I'll learn more about oh, it. Oh yeah, it says Kickstarter edition. Here yeah, you go. yeah, okay. But I mean, it just grabbed me from the pre-order from just the cover, and I'm like, I oh, agree. I think I would be interested in that game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It looks looks gorgeous. Um. So I'm going to have to look more into that because I might want to pre-order that. And it says Fantasy Adventure and Miniatures. Yeah. Is it I, a miniatures game? Yeah, I don't know. It I'm... says, <laughs> I don't even know what to think about this. Um, yeah, it looks really cool, honestly. Um, but yeah, interesting. Earth from Inside Up Games, currently for pre-order on meeples.ca it says they have three copies left available for pre-order and 53.95 might be two copies left by the time this yeah, episode I is done so. i will yeah, by probably the time you're there, there, there might be zero <laughs> left uh, certainly one less i would think yeah um, but 53 bucks you know that's a nice little price for you know yeah uh, kind of a any game these days is uh that's kind of like par for the course or actually a little bit i cheaper. don't i don't think this has minis i think this is more uh I think, I think it's some... more of a card game. I think there's... There might be a little bit of misinformation I on think this so. Because this is what it says, categories, fantasy, adventure, and miniatures. It's like... Mm. No, I think this is like predominantly oh, a card game. Oh, you know game. what this is? Do you know what Do you know what the mistake is here right now? The fantasy flight, the adventures, the miniatures. This... So I click on the link here, and it's taking us to Lord of the Rings, Adventures in Middle-Earth. Uh, so it's quoting... It's... it's it's take it's pulling information from uh, the Middle Earth game. Yeah. Uh, so no miniatures. No. All <laughs> cards. Yeah, it's a card. It's game, a card so game. Let's let's get that straight. It is not Fantasy Flight. Um, it is uh, no. Yeah, Inside Up games. So yeah. little little crossing of the wires there on the uh, on the page here. But either way, it looks really cool. Sounds cool. All about 
just literally about earth and how earth works so very cool i have a game that i was super interested in and this one was well i just looked again so like i'm an art person just like you are you see an art piece of a box art that you're just like well i gotta look at this this one's called station fall from ion game designs and the, the cover of this is very very cool it's like a space station kind of floating orbiting the earth mm-hmm. and coming it's kind of got explosions going off at the space station and what looks like <laughs> a, a chimpanzee in a spacesuit uh flying away from it kind of heading right towards <laughs> you on the, on the on the cover so i was like okay i gotta look into a bit more of this not um, only is it like the art but it's also a space game oh yes which is huge that. for you yes uh, this one says two to nine players, 60 to 120 minutes. Yeah, you heard that right. Two to nine. Designed by Matt Eklund. And yeah, I said published by Ion Game Designs. Uh, so this one, it says, well, what is Stationfall? Well, imagine a dozen or so random humans, robots, and none of the aboves, <laughs> each, of, each with their own abilities, goals, and secret relationships have been turned loose on a space station that is going to be incinerated upon its inevitable re-entry into Earth's atmosphere. You are one of these characters, and the others are collaborators you have on hand ready to assist you in achieving your goals. But choose them wisely, as any one of them (laughs) could secretly be another player waiting to betray you. Station Fall is a box full of creative solutions, but that box is going to morph, twist, and grow teeth over the course of play. Your best turns will exploit the unique tactical freedom of being a secret conspiracy, as well as deductions about your opponent's identities and motives. Stationfall is messy, intricate, and full of dangerous variables. That sounds hilarious. Right? Yes. Like, I gotta, I gotta play this. I don't know what's going on here, but you're, you're a bunch it, of random. It looks great random type humans or humanoids on this <laughs> this doomed space station and you're trying to get off or you're trying to trust each other i imagine I, you're trying to get off escape somehow i i guess or so. you're gonna burn up yeah it says the mechanics are action point allowance system uh deduction hidden rolls hidden victory points pick them and deliver and rolls with asymmetrical information so yeah this sounds awesome Really, really awesome. It's on the more expensive side, eighty four ninety five currently pre ordering. It says there's two, two, um, two left, but this one sounds too crazy. I think I will be grabbing one of these <laughs> uh, by the time we're done uh, this episode. So, yeah, I hadn't heard about it until I saw this, and to be honest, the, I was looking at the page, all the pre orders. There's a ton of games on this pre order that come from Ion Game Designs. So there's like, there's like, I want to say. Eight. Oh wow! Nine games, That's a lot. All in here from that publisher, so they must have just a huge release of yeah. titles coming. So yeah, there's a whole whack more um, games on there for pre-order if you want to go check it out. Including they have the brand new Sleeping Gods: Distant Skies yeah. uh, available available for pre-order in there. We um, backed that. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's all there with a whole whack of other stuff. If you want to check that out, uh, Maples.ca um yeah so that's it for our pre-order segment um we have a review to do so we're gonna run on over to there right after this 
Weebles and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy to navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at the final segment of the episode where we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon review. And what are we reviewing today, Anna-Marie? Today we are reviewing The Siege of Rundar or Runadar, as I like to call it. <laughs> and that game is published by, oh, sorry, designed by Reiner Knizia, art by Andrew Bosley, and published by Ludo Nova. Yes, The Siege of Rundar. This is a game that we talked about in the last episode. Did I say Rundor? It's Rundar or it's Runadar. Rundar. I might Rundar. have said it wrong in five different ways there. <laughs> <laughs> and, <clears throat> pardon me. This is, in fact, one of the games that we talked about in yesterday's episode in our new to the yes. collection. And we decided to open it up and play it because I think we talked about it where we're like, oh, we should play this yes. one tonight or whatever. And we did. So Kurt came by and we played this one. We played it with him last night. We played it a couple times this morning, me and you. We also played it with the boys yes. this morning. So I think we've had four plays of this in the last less than 24 hours. So we've played two player, three player and, and four player. Four player. And all player counts except one. <laughs> yeah. So the theme of this one is that you are a castle, sort of like um, Helm's Deep, you would think from Lord of the Rings, if anyone's aware of what that is. It's a castle built in, like a fortress castle built into the side of a mountain. And you almost, um, say, almost like Moria. Yeah. But Moria was Moria's like actually in, in the mountain. Yeah, you're right. Forget this what I said. This is a castle on you're the outside. You're right. You're yeah. right. This is definitely more Helm's Deep. Yes, I was just thinking <clears throat> dwarves. And yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I know um, <laughs> and so you're yeah, we have this castle and it's built into the side of a mountain and inside that castle is a gold reserve with all the the the, the dwarves have been mining all this gold. And we are, we are going to take on the role of one of four different dwarves and we are being uh, sieged by a group of orcs yes. and trolls. And goblins that are coming to steal the gold. And we're not going to let them do that. Our whole idea absolutely is that we're going to defend not. the walls. So what did you say? <laughs> I said absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to defend our walls. But at the same time, we're going to be trying to tunnel deep into the mountain and out the other side. And try to escape with our gold before they come and take it all. Yes. So that's the theme that's going on here. So how does this game work? Well, the board itself is in fact the bottom of the box so when you take the lid off the box uh you have your board sitting there which is really cool you had to, you had to put a little bit of it together um but the most of the board is sitting there ready to go uh, right when you lift the, the top off the box it did come with its own double-sided tape which it is did. pretty cool <laughs> it came with a roll of double, <laughs> double-sided tape to help stick down some uh um 
different textures and things yeah. onto the onto the board. But yeah, most mostly the you have a board ready to go and um, with just a little bit of taping. And you will take, yeah, you'll take, um, you'll choose a dwarf. There's a red one, a purple one, a yellow one, and a black colored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you are going to take a deck of cards. So each one of those dwarves has a deck of cards that goes with, um, with their, that dwarf, that but they're identical decks. Yes. They have different artwork on them, but they're the exact same deck. Yeah. And each deck is 12 cards. It's got 10, like 10 cards that kind of work for you. And mm -hmm. then two orc cards yeah so you're going to take your your dwarf standee um your dwarf uh what, what was this called your di uh, discard token oh it makes sense and then your deck and then you're going to kind of put the board together where you have there's there's four sections five sections within the board uh three sections that have different resources in them wood in like a little wood mill um, and then a tanning spot with um, hides, hides, and a kind of stonework uh, yeah. area with some stone in it. And then there's the entrance to the cave um, section. And then right in the middle is like your whole gold pile. Yes. And beyond the cave entrance is kind of like the thematic put together the sort of trough. Yeah. It's, it's got these five big stone bricks in it that are representing you digging through the mountain yeah. so you're going to lay those in there and you're going to lay some goblin tokens underneath those because every time you uh remove a section of the uh the tunnel you're going to face a couple goblins and then you have a whole bunch of standees of orcs uh, a few standees of trolls you and have a, a few goblins a trebuchet and a uh, uh tower or siege siege, siege engine. tower yeah and we also have a sideboard that has uh, uh, some cards that are going to be available to us because this at its heart is a, it's a, it's a tower defense game and deck builder. Yes. And that there's going to be a tableau board with three different decks on it of various, um, difficulty. So like by difficulty, I mean how many resources it takes to acquire the cards. Mm -hmm. So you'll have easy ones that, you know, take less resources to get the cards, but the cards aren't going to be as powerful in your deck as the ones that cost more resources. So yeah, you've got three different levels. Cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow, silver, and red cards. Yeah. And um, there's three different decks sitting there face down. Yeah. And uh, at the top of that board, you're going to have seated out, to begin the game, five random but yellow cards the that easy are available ones, yeah. to you uh, in order uh, for you to attempt to acquire. Yeah. Um, and as those cards leave, you're going to be reseeding them with whatever you want, which is really cool. You can go for the silver cards, mm -hmm. which are slightly more expensive, but slightly better cards, all the way to the red cards that are very expensive, but very good. And it's kind of interesting because you don't just reseed them right away. They're not automatic. Um, the mm -hmm. only way you can reseed the board is uh, by ending your turn in the middle of the board, which is the gold. With the gold. If you're in with the gold, then you can reseed the cards in whatever fashion whatever you want. you would like. Yeah. Yeah, and then just below that, there are five mercenary cards. And these are kind of like um, get-out-of-jail-free cards that are available to you if you want to spend gold on these things. That's, if you're in a real pickle when you're defending a certain thing and you're you're running out of ways to, to defend, there's these five special cards that can help you out. We can just pay for them by uh, chucking away some gold. And thematically, that you're paying mercenaries to come help you, and yes. then they leave. So that's kind of the setup. You also have a uh, siege deck. And this deck is just a, a deck of cards that's going to dictate 
every time you flip one over, um, every time where you have an orcs orc. are going to show yeah. up and what they're going to do. So that's kind of the setup. And the way the game works is you're going to decide who goes first. And in a clockwise order, we're going to go around the table. It's actually pretty cool what you do to, to get your starting hand ready. So you take your, your deck of 12 cards and you shuffle them up. Mm-hmm. And then you just deal two cards and you stick them underneath your um, yeah, discard without token without looking unseen. at them. Yeah. So just two cards you're not going to touch for a little while. Yeah, you bury them underneath your discard token yes Yes. and then you deal yourself five cards Mm -hmm. and then you have five cards uh sitting so you've got the five cards you've dealt yourself that's your hand and then the next set of five is going to be your next hand so once you're finished with your hand you put it underneath your discard token as well with the other two cards that you don't know what they are Mm -hmm. and then you have your other five cards once you've played that then you shuffle them all up and then you put it two other cards face down so you're always going to have two cards that you don't know so you're hoping that they're going to be your orc cards. <laughs> yeah, because each each deck, each starting deck of, of cards contains two orc cards yes. out of the 12. And every time you have an orc card, that's the first card that gets played out of your hand. And yep. that um, automatically causes the siege deck to flip. So you, you turn over a card in the siege deck mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to seed out orcs onto the board. It's going to move them closer, um, you know, into into your castle. And it's going to activate the trebuchets and the siege tower. So mm-hmm. the orcs, you want you don't want them in your hand. You want them to you be don't. stuck under your uh, you do. discard token. You've, you've stuck at least one of them under yes. there to begin. Um, but yeah, that's exactly right. You'll, you'll have those two cards hidden. You'll have five cards in your hand. And like she said, if you have an orc card in your hand, that makes this first thing you have to look for. Yeah. You pull it out, you throw it on the table, and it triggers uh, you flipping over one of the siege cards. You'll flip it over. And it's going to show you a picture of the castle. And it's going to show you literally a picture of where that orc needs to be seated out in uh, correlation to your uh, castle. So it might say one on my side of the castle or one at the front gate or your side of the castle or whatnot. And there also could be a symbol in the top left corner of the siege card that has an arrow. And if it does, it means that they all activate as well. Which means that they're actually going to move in towards... Uh, the center of the castle. So if they're on the outside of the castle, they're going to hop up onto the wall. If they're on the wall, they're going to hop down into one of the workshop areas. And if they're in the workshop area, they're going to move into the gold reserve in the middle of your castle and steal a gold. Yes. And that's what you're attempting to stop them from doing. And that's all they do. Like they don't harm you. No, they don't there's do anything no attacking like that. of them on you. Nope. You can defend yourself, but all they're caring about is getting in there and getting the gold and yeah. getting out. Um, so yeah, you're going to play down your... Orc cards, if you have any, flip over orc cards and and uh, seed out some orcs and see what they do. And then you're going to be ha- you're going to be stuck with whatever cards you have in your hand. Um, and they're multi-use cards where you can use them to move. Most of them allow you to just move two spots yes. anywhere throughout the castle. And then they'll have a f- a various other things you can do where you could go to one of the workshops and activate it by like going to the wood mill and collecting, collecting a wood. Uh, piece of wood. And then you'd be able to put it onto one of the cards in the tableau. Um, to start building them up mm-hmm. so you can can uh, can can gain the cards. Yes, because they and all have a cost. And it, as you dump the resources onto those cards, you're, fulfilling you're the eventually cost. be able to pay yeah. the full cost and acquire those cards. And to acquire a card... Um, you have to discard an unused card in your hand. So one that you haven't played yet. Yep. And then you pick up that card, but the card you pick up, you can play right away. Yep. 
It so. physically will replace a card. So you have to have a card in your hand that you haven't played when you collect that card, yes. and it gets taken out of the game entirely. And then you slot that card in, and like you said, you can just play it right away if, yeah. if it works for you. It depends on where you are and what card it is. So it is kind of nice because it is like deck building, but you're not really. You're it's like a deck shedding game, right? Because you're you're getting rid of the cards they're going out of the game. So you're you're deck is always going to have 12 cards in it yeah you're only ever going to have 12 so it's not really deck building or deck shedding it's like just deck replacement yeah yeah so you're always going to have 12 cards no more no less yes um and yeah so you're going to use your cards you can play them down to do whatever you want you can move around the castle uh you can use the card if it if it has a matching symbol of a matching uh workshop you can go there and do that get the uh, resource that that resource Mm -hmm. Or most of them also have axes on them, which mean attack. Melee attacks. Yeah. So if you're going to do an attack, say uh, there was an orc that is up on your wall and you move up onto that wall with that orc and you have a card that has uh, an axe on it, you can play that card down and that's going to get you the use of one dice. Die. (laughs) Good catch. Yeah. (laughs) And you're going to roll that die. And as long as they have one hit or one pip, two pip, three three pip. pip. And the, the crossbow and two crossbows. Yeah. And the each orc takes two pip hits to kill. Yes. Uh, so if you can roll that dice and get at least two red pips on it, you'll take out that that uh, orc. If, if you had if you had like two cards in your hand with the axes on them, you could play them at the same time yep, and get two, two dice to roll. And this, so then if you had two single pips, they could work together, work together to get you one hit. Sure. And that's how you take out an orc. Uh, and then, so you're going to play out all your cards and use them to the best of your ability. And then it's going to go to the next person. They're going mm-hmm. to do exactly the same thing. They're going to look to see if they have any orc cards in their hand. Probably do. Yeah. And they're going to play that down, which means you're going to flip over a card yeah. from the orc deck. Seed out some orcs, move orcs around. They're going to keep encroaching on your gold reserve. And then that person plays out whatever cards they have. Move yeah. around. There, there are a couple more symbols um, to note on the card. So there's the crossbow. So you have like your axes, which is going to give you the dice. Mm-hmm. You're also going to have the crossbow um, symbol. And with the crossbow, a hit is a hit is a hit. Yep. So if you, if you, you have land. to be um, like, if you're going to use your crossbow, you have to be on one of the, like the parapets, one of the, the highest towers, part of towers. the guard towers. There's three guard towers. Three different corners of the t- of the castle have guard towers. Yeah, and so you have to be up there, and then you have when you're up there to get a hit, it it must be um, one of the the crossbows yeah, on the and dice. Each dice has two, two yeah. crossbow symbols on them. And and there's one more symbol on the cards that you could have, and that's the dig symbol if you have mm. a pickaxe. Now, which is the most important. It's part very of this important. So you you have in the uh, in the one room where you've got the cave, you're going to have a set amount of um, boulders, stones in there. And you need to dig those out so you can move the big, the big, what it bricks away kind Mm -hmm. of. And that, that's an interesting part of the game because that's how you determine your difficulty level. Yep. You can either, uh, it just, the difficulty increases by how many, um, stones you did decide to have in that area. Mm-hmm. So if you start the game like easy, I think a six. Yep. And so every time you get a, you dig six out and you remove a brick and then you defeat the ogres, then you're going to, or the goblins, yep. then you're going to 
put six stones six back in there. Stones back in you there. You got to dig them out again. Yep. Get to the next one. But then you can go with eight, with seven, or with eight, or with ten, or whatever it's, it is. It uh, ups. Yeah, six, eight, ten, or twelve. Yeah, and that and increases your difficulty. Yes, because if you picture that, see, because when you play it on easy and you have six stones to get out of there, that as soon as you've removed those six stones, it it removes one of the big, huge blocks from the back, and you have to eventually move five of them out. Yes, that's your whole goal, and then you get to have access to the goblins that you have to eliminate first Mm -hmm. and then you put six more stones back in there and you do this process five times yeah so if you had eight ten or twelve stones that you had to remove every time before you could could uh, get rid of one of the big blocks yeah that is just crazy like it that's it really makes things difficult that's a lot more actions you need to to do and a lot more um holding of the castle that you have to do and it would prolong the game quite a long way too because that's also that um that cave area that's also where trolls are going to seed so yes. if you end up with the siege siege tower or whatever that is and they have um and you you don't defeat it then yeah, the siege tower will come out through the orc deck yes and it's just a picture the siege of the siege, siege tower will show and then you you take the big siege tower stand you put it in front of you and if, if the turns make it back to me before we've destroyed it, then we seed out a troll, which is a real problem. Yeah. In that same area where the, the entrance to the cave, and you can't do any chipping away of the stones or, or digging, or digging. To deal with that troll. Yeah. And the you can get rid of the siege tower by um, by using a crossbow by yes. hitting it with a crossbow. The only way to get strike. rid of it. Yeah. And they're just one shot, but like it's it's, it's a lot not always than easy to get them. <laughs> I tend to roll four dice with crossbows and get none, zero. <laughs> get red pip hits instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that is the main part of the game is is digging out those stones to remove the giant bricks, and it's it's thematically you're digging through the yeah. the, the mountain side and out boring a hole out the other side so that you can get out of here yeah but along the way you're having to deal with these goblins makes sense you're digging in there they're gonna oh yeah you know wander in and oh and who knows all the caverns and things yeah. in there right kind of like moria like you're saying right? yeah there's all sorts of whatnot going on inside the mountain yeah and the other thing we did mention is there's a trebuchet catapult so the same thing in in the orc deck you could pull a card that shows a picture of that it's the same thing you'll put it out on the side whoever pulls the card it goes on their side of the uh, castle and if it goes around the horn it comes back to me again without us taking it out it's going to activate and when it does it's going to destroy permanently um well almost permanently oh. one of the card uh, slots card slots in the uh the tableau, tableau of of items available to us for our deck building. So if you were like one item away from from being able to grab one of those cards one and you the, got yeah. hit with a trebuchet and it covered up that specific slot, you lose your resources, you don't get the card. It's yeah. terrible. It's, you could go through a lot of work, <laughs> say like we had this fancy like axe or something uh, that we were trying to get. Us, and we've been we've been getting a whole bunch of uh items put on it to try to pay for it and then this thing comes out and smashes that it's so disheartening yeah <laughs> and it's just like a lot of work and a lot of time and effort and then the trebuchet just crushes your dreams and yeah so the, you, you go round and round and round doing this mm-hmm. uh this scenario of of constantly having to deal with the orcs that are coming in and jumping over the wall and trying to steal your gold but at the same time you're trying to dig through the mountainside 
and deal with the uh, the goblins that show up every time you uh, make progress, or if a, a troll ends up sitting in there, yeah. they have various um, strengths strengths and... that you have to deal with as well. It's it's a lot of um, maintenance yes. going on here of things you have to watch and pay attention to. And then, the yeah, the trebuchets show up and you have to try to knock that off before you're losing your uh, your item cards yep. permanently. And like, oh my goodness. So the game too, it has one win condition. Yep. You have to dig out of, out of that bust. tunnel. You have to dig out. So you have to remove all five bricks and you have to defeat all of the goblins that come out. Yes. So there are two goblins per every... Every so 10 goblins win. you have to that's how, that's the only way you can win yep but there are multiple ways you can lose there's so many ways <laughs> you, you can lose you can lose if all of your gold is gone yep so once the last piece of gold is either taken by an orc or um you know every time one of those siege towers or the trebuchets destroy one of your card slots you lose a gold so um as soon as your gold is gone you lose. you lose. If you run through the siege deck um, and you pull the last siege card, you, you lose. lose. If there are, there are 10 orcs in the game. And yep. so you have to manage them on the board with how many you allowed to be on the board at the same time before you can, you kill them off. Because if you pull your last orc off orc. of the pile, so the 10th orc goes onto the board or well, around the board. say in play. In play. Yeah. So that could be so off the board waiting. on the board. Yeah. It could be hanging out outside the board. But as soon as you pull it from its resting spot, yeah. game over. Yep. Um, if all five of your card slots get covered by the, the, the trebuchet, trebuchet cards. destroys them, game over. Game over. It's it's ruthless that yes. way. Like, there's a lot of ways you have to be managing this. Yeah. Um, the, to make sure you're not. And oh, the, the siege tower too. If you had enough, if all of the trolls all the have trolls gone out, make it in. Yeah. Same thing. So, yeah, you're constantly having to mitigate uh, all like five different ways you can lose, yeah. and concentrate on the one way you can win. Yeah. And you got to really pay attention because all of a sudden you're like, oh no, we're doing all right. And then you realize there's only one orc. Like, oh no! Out and like, oh no! And then you're just like, we well, have to kill orcs now because once you kill an orc, I have no melee. They, they go back to, <laughs> they go back to the uh, the uh, the seating pile, yeah, I guess. The pile. And then they, they, they <laughs> have, the uh, orc horde. They yes, go back the to their horde. <laughs> yes. So like, there's all these things you have to be paying attention to. Yeah. And yeah, once you've, if you, all you have to do is have one piece of gold left when you uh, finish this yeah. scenario off by removing the five bricks and dealing with all 10 goblins and just have one gold left. But that's like a horrible win because they actually give you this sheet um, to track how well you're doing. And it tells you like to fill this out as you go. So you could say like the date and who played and the difficulty level you did and how many, uh, uh, or did you if win? You, did you lose? And then yeah. uh, how many gold you had left? So if you had one gold left, like that's the bare minimum <laughs> of winning this game. So you want to try to have as many gold left as possible. I would take when it. you win this game, but it's technically <laughs> a win. A win is a win. You, is a you win. escape with your lives and one gold nugget. When you had like I don't know how many is there's like yeah twenty five or yeah. so um, or more. No, not <laughs> yeah. There's probably twenty right here and about five okay. there. So there's, but yeah, there's about twenty five of them. And either way, it's it's pretty tough. Uh, a lot of things going on. 
not a lot of things going on. It's a very just, simple. It's very simple. Gameplay. A lot of things to pay attention to. Yes. Because you can just lose quickly if you're not paying attention to. Yes. The orcs. You're doing the same thing yeah. over and over and over again. You're just deciding, am I gonna? You yeah. Know? So when I say a lot going on, I'm not talking like a crunchy euro. No. A lot going on. It's this the, is like a, a lot, lot of ways to lose going on. Yes, like making sure that you're. You're looking at all the different ways you can lose and make sure that you're not close on yes. any of them every time. And yeah, so when you're done with um, every round, you're going to yeah bury the five cards that you just played. And once you've played all your cards, you're going to shuffle up your 12 cards. You're going to bury two again, mm-hmm. uh, face down, sight unseen, draw five, and continue on and keep going until you win or lose. Yeah. So that is how it works yes now let's revisit the theme does the theme work well does it lend well yes i think it totally does i'm always trying to fight those orcs i'm always trying to dig i'm always worried about the trebuchets i'm always paying attention to what's going on and i very much feel like i am a a dwarf in a castle in a siege yep i agree a hundred percent really good yeah really 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 good um that's all i need to say about that Mm -hmm. theme is exactly as advertised yeah um so the artwork the artwork is pretty great yeah it's it's animated so it's cartoon e but it's not it's not light cartoony this is like um lots of the orcs i would say have kind of a similar look to like an orc from gloomhaven the orc and the goblins and the the trolls but then your your uh characters your characters more on the lighter side the characters remind the it's funny because they're both dwarves so that makes sense but it looks like the same art style as nita valir yeah that's like the dwarves they do look very similar and they look a little more lighthearted. your your dwarves versus the bad guys um so but the artwork is really nice it's it's cartoony without being a kitty yeah um so yeah i really like the artwork i really like the cover the box yeah really nice yeah with the uh dwarf jumping into a pile of orcs with two axes in i head. i like how it it almost looks like sunset how it's yeah it it's looks like, like it's a, either sunset or sunrise yeah like, like the a, orangey yeah. yellow um yeah it's good yeah i it's like cartoony that. but not kitty um yeah right and not, and there isn't a ton of art like it's Nope. They've got the same Dante. art on the backings of the cards, the same art on your your character cards. It, it, but, and it, but you don't need a lot of art in this game, right? Like it's not. Um, you don't. It's not. It's, it's not, not the focus. Because yeah. the components is where this comes into yes. play. So components, what we're going to talk about here, the box being the castle is awesome. I really like that in yep. a, in a game. I like that people are starting to utilize it more now. Um, they did this with Mountains Out of Molehills. They did this with um, there's another game that I've done this with where the game or the uh, the box is part of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's smart. It, it you, you know it's I think it, I like it, it makes a lot. a lot of sense especially for this type of a game. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I love the um the standees are nice. They're mm-hmm. just classic standees. Um, I love the gold nuggets. They're shiny gold nuggets. Yeah, yeah. The other stuff is very simple, little logs and pelts and, yeah. and stones. And wooden resources. Yeah, the cards are really nice. I love the artwork on the cards. Um, the one thing I would say is this this does... One negative would be the... The, the player hands. 
the hands are you're constantly shuffling. You should have them sleeved. You need sleeves here because yeah. these are going to get chipped up and and chewed yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. And with the black backings on yes. them, you it's notice it. Easy to see the chipping and the scratching. Yes. So. So I guess it's not just the player hands; it's also the um, it's all the them. extra cards. Yeah, you need to yeah. sleeve them. You not- need to sleeve this because you could yeah you could chip away at this and and the and chew them up and then you'll be able to tell what card is what. Yeah. And, you know, so the you know, and you don't want that. You want to not know what you yes. have coming. So yeah, I would recommend getting sleeves. I don't know how many cards in here, but it's not a lot. No, um, it'd be a couple. And I think clear sleeves. sleeves would be nice, like because you want to see the back. I like yeah, the you back. Yeah, definitely the want because the, the artwork is it's nice. The yeah. backs of the card are, are it's like a crossed, hammer and an axe. Hammer, and, yeah, war hammer and war axe. And they're pretty cool. And they're on fire. They're they're like magic ones. <laughs> yeah. So really good art there. So you definitely want some nice clear sleeves for this, and that will go a long way. We're we're gonna get those mm-hmm. this week. And yeah, the uh, I love the digging. Uh, I love the. Uh, I would have preferred if this was a tunnel going out away from the box, and you were tunneling out yes. vertically away from the box and you could tunnel away. But I understand that that's yeah. not what they were doing. They're trying to keep this all contained within In the a box. square. Yep. Um, so that's great, but it, it still feels thematic yes. as you see the bricks come away and the, you're clearing the stones away and, and you're seeing your progress and you can literally see the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I really like that. So the thematic uh, components here are great. Uh, we said earlier on that um, we had to uh, double side tape down some, uh, Kind of like boards, just texture yeah. onto these, some cardboard parts onto the plastic uh, frame of the castle to mm-hmm. give it the brick look and the different uh, um, different rooms, yeah, and, and and so forth. But yeah, really, really good. Uh, it was simple to do. The roll of tape was right there. Stuck it on, peeled it off, slapped it down. Yeah, it doesn't move. Um, really good. Standees are great. The trebuchet and the uh, siege engine are both really big and, and they reach like the top of the castle yes. and I like that. So yeah, really good. Rule book. Um, I learned to play this game myself, I believe I did. Yes, you did it. And, <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> uh, the book was great. Um, like nothing crazy, but it was just pretty straightforward. And um, I watched a couple videos to clarify a couple things, but overall, uh, I thought the rule book was was fine and simple enough. And it's not a difficult game. Yeah. Um, it's really not. It was just explaining what a couple different cards did and, and a, different, a few different symbols meant mm-hmm. uh, that I needed a clarification on. But uh, overall, yeah, rule book I thought was great. Yeah. And uh, it was an easy teach. Yeah, it was. Is, is it like it's not a difficult game to no. play? No. So. so we're at that point of whether or not we recommend this game and who do we recommend it for? Yeah. Um, I really recommend this. I totally do. Uh, we'll let you know of all the games we've played. Uh, the only one that we won was... With the kids. With the kids. <laughs> so yep. we won it four players with the kids. Yeah. And to be fair, in our first game, we were underestimating some things. And, and not paying attention to everything either. We're trying and, to figure things out. And yeah, we we're not quite utilizing things the way we should have and whatnot. But in our yeah. in our second we, and third we're place. We're like, oh, we can play a normal. No. Like, nah, out the gate, <laughs> I wouldn't play it on normal. 
Definitely want to start with easy. easy. With the six stone system. Yeah. Um, just to get a, for a feel of how this is going to roll to make it Don't easier. Don't underestimate the digging. You've got to dig right off the bat. Yes. You must dig, dig. as much as you can. Someone should always be digging if possible. Yeah. Um, and the other two or three characters could be trying to mi- uh, mitigate the uh, the orcs and, and provide uh, the different items to acquire the, the, the different cards. But um, yeah, this... This, this game is, is good. It's it's really good. It's great for it's a great family game. It you know the kids loved it, yeah. and it and was simple enough that it, but it was engaging. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Our oldest was he, he picked this up after like one round. Oh yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yes. And how to do it. He's only ten years old, and he was just like, oh yeah, no, I'll do this. Now I'll play this card down, and I'll move over there, and then play this card so I can use my my crossbow. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. And he was just like, he understood what was what was uh, the danger at hand that yeah. we needed to deal with, what was the priority, and what was less of a priority. He had to steer in directions here and there, but overall, he can just now he could teach this yeah. game to his friends for sure. The biggest the biggest thing he needed help with a few times was just in which order to play his cards. Right. Yeah. Like so that he didn't have any left over. Like, oh, you were in this room to start. You could use this to get a resource and, and then, then you can move and this, then attack. Right? So, and then that comes with. Well, for sure. But that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he that's all he needed help with. Everything else he caught and yeah. he even did well with that. So. Oh, he did. Um, this yeah. Is, and, you know, so uh, our buddy Kurt uh, that plays, you know, millions of games with us. Uh, these are not his type of game. Co-ops. Co-ops are not, not a big really his jam. Fan, yeah. He's he's very much a. I want to do my thing and see if I can beat you. Yeah. And he he loved this. Yeah. He said that he was like. He said like quote unquote yesterday. These are not my type of game, but I really like this game. Yeah, if I remember, I think he he said that I didn't. My brain didn't have to burn in this. I knew what yeah, I needed it was to simple do. Simple enough. And just trying to work towards. And I'm trying to decide goal. if this is a. Yeah, that's exactly it. So is this a, is this a light heavy game like is this a light game on like a heavy side heavier side of light or is this a light side of medium i would say this is a light game but with but difficult i want so i want to say it's a light side of medium yeah so it's like a medium game but on the very like going towards the the much lighter side because there is deck building to it there's a lot of different risk Mm -hmm. mitigation you have to take like a lot of planning okay that's fair so it's not like I wouldn't call this a light game, but I also wouldn't call it a medium game. It's like it's like borderline right between, yeah. Um, because there's quite a bit like we we've lost. Oh all yeah, easy, right. Well, that's so, the thing is it's not it's not the mechanic wise it's it's not that tough. It's just no, it's very simple to understand. Yeah. It's very simple to teach. It's very simple to understand what you need to do. But there's just there's a lot of ways to lose. Yes, and they can creep up on you quickly and to the point where you're like, well, and we flip over this card and we lost. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I like about it. So I want to say it's it's on the on the very lighter side of medium. Okay, and because there is quite a few things. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I agree we with haven't that. dominated this game. No, on not, easy. not by a long shot. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, but, but I've enjoyed is... every play, even when we've lost. It's one of those that I enjoy even when we lose. Oh, I loved it's it. It's great. And we had laugh out loud moments yeah. yesterday, you know, with Today rolling too. the dice and like wanting to pull your hair out and then cheering moments when you actually, yeah. you need one specific role to go your way and you make it happen. And yeah. It's, it's really good. This is one of the best co-ops I've played in a long time. Yeah. This is really good. A long, long time. This, this game is going nowhere. 
out of our collection. I think honestly, after that one play with our oldest boy, I think he's yeah he wants to play this yeah more <laughs> absolutely. This is gonna be one where he's like, "Can we play Rundar?" Yeah, like he's gonna be asking about this. I can already tell. And um, this is one I think that he'll be teaching his buddies. Yeah, uh, down the line here. Um, this yeah, it's a great game. This is a great con game, I would think, because you could pull this off. Like if you grab this out of the library yeah. to con, you could learn this and play this and have a lot of fun for a good solid hour. Yeah. Um, with a group of four, right? And yeah. I think this is a great game. So if you're at a con, you see this. This is a good one to pull because yeah. it's easy to learn. Yeah, it is very easy to learn. They say, yeah, playtime is like 60 to 90 minutes. And I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. I would say so as well. Yeah. And yeah, I highly recommend it. If you love co-op games, you must play this game. Yeah. This is a great co-op I agree. game. Um, one of my honor, yeah, this is one of my favorite co-ops in a long time. I don't know what I, what co-op I've played lately that is better than this, and I, it's there's none that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, the best co-op that I can think of lately is Solar Storm. I really enjoy. Yeah, it. that one's a great game um, too. But I love that game. This one is, I mean, they're very very different. They're very different. Um, games. But this one just, <laughs> I loved, 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 loved the, I loved the table presence. I love the deck building. Really like deck building. Yeah. Um, so this one is, I think, uh, the best the best co-op I've played uh, in probably a year. Yeah. I, I think this is fantastic. I would recommend this. Yeah. I, I think it's great. So if you're a co-op gamer, get this game. It's awesome. If you don't like co-ops, if you, don't like co-ops you might like this one. This might be one. the one that, <laughs> that kind of sways you a little. Yeah. Right? Because there's a lot of fun going on yeah. here. But... I will warn you, there's a ton of luck involved here. Yep. So if you hate luck and dice chucking and card flipping that are going to dictate how things are going to go for you, you're not going to like that. Because (laughs) we've had our butts handed to us hard by these dice. It's been brutal sometimes where you're just like, I just need, I can roll these four dice and I just need one crossbow. And no, none. None. Right? So. (laughs) I know. So that's that. Yeah. So. I think we're going to call that an episode. This is a big thumbs up from both of us here and from Kurt, the non-co-op gamer, liked this game quite a bit. And the kids. And our kids. So this is good for all ages. Anybody that likes co-op, you should play this game. Yes. All right, that's it for this episode. So we are going to run. You can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon. Our email is themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And yeah, that's it. We're going to run and we're going to see you next week. Have a good one. Have a great week, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.